0: Like it was a really cool thing to get an email that says, you know, we I, like an anonymous person donated a thousand dollars to your trip to Philadelphia, and so it's super sweet. Um, so we're we're doing really good because if we sell all these tickets, we'll we'll have four hundred and twenty dollars towards our trip, and then if all of you guys raise your two hundred dollars like you're supposed to, we'll be clear. We'll be all good. We're done for the trip, and we don't have to do any fundraising after the fact. So it's, I'm, all I know is, like, that's really awesome. And the other thing, the other part of want, what I want to share with you guys is um, is how, like, you can be an answer to prayer that way and how people can be an answer to prayer that way. Because sometimes you wonder, you're like, oh, how come this, you know, money didn't wake up, you didn't wake up one morning and money was underneath your bed and stuff like that. I think the coolest part about the Christian faith is that you are the answer to other people's prayers. And I think that's that's really awesome, and what I really want to challenge you guys with is um, have you guys ever felt like um there was somebody that you need to say hi to or that you randomly just needed to call at some particular point in time? No, okay, well, sometimes I do like sometimes I get like um sometimes I get like a feeling like oh I need to call like I need to call Sean, I need to see how he's doing, or sometimes I'm like. I see a person walking down the street and I feel like I need to say hi to that person for some reason. Um, what I really want you guys to start doing is if you guys ever get that feeling, um, to go do that. Because there's been, like, many times when you go and you go ahead and you just, like, I don't know why, but you just go up and you say, like, oh, hey, how's it going? And that's all that you do. Sometimes it starts a conversation, and I've had people be like, dude, you were an answer to my prayer. Like, they're like, oh, I was really lonely at that time. Like, how'd you know to come talk to me? Or sometimes they're just like, oh, I've been wanting for somebody to ask me that. Or sometimes it's been really weird, but it's like, oh, I've been, I've been looking for jewelry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and then it's like, oh, I'm a, jewel, I'm a jeweler. So it just works out like that. But if you guys ever get like a slight inkling of being like, oh, you pass somebody walking down your hall, and for some reason you feel like, oh, I need to say hi to that person um I say go do it just say, hey, how's it going and that's it if it if nothing comes of it whatever you know and if something does like how awesome is that um or if you guys ever feel like oh I need to take this person out and get them coffee and things like that like that is the coolest thing and if you guys ever want to experience God um I say, just open up your ears, like open up your hearts to let yourselves do those kind of things because it's such a cool way to see God move. Because sometimes you wonder, oh, is God around? Like, do you, do you see God or do you, do you experience God? And we just sit around, we wait. And we're like, God, well, how come you're not moving? And all this time God is waiting for us to move. Sometimes God is waiting for us to, to make take the initiative like I used to get frustrated because I used to sit in my room and just like pray so hard for God to reveal himself or to do something crazy where like I'll be like whoa there you are you know and nothing happens but then all of a sudden I see somebody and God's like I want you to go talk to that person and that person all of a sudden ends up telling their story to me and ends up sharing with me about what they're going through and that's when I'm like oh God there's, there's your movement that's what i've been asking for that's what i've been looking for so part of us going to philadelphia is opening yourself up to that because just by you being there some little kid if you're working at the kids club is going to come up and start asking about who you are and where you're from they're going to start asking about california and all i want you guys to do is be able to share your story to share a little just be their friend because i hope that in that those kind of moments you start to see God moving and the coolest part is that for that kid shoot man this might be like the only time that they get to experience God is through you and I think that's awesome about the Christian faith is that we are vessels of of how God moves we are vessels for God's movement we are vessels of the Holy Spirit it's awesome let's pray and then we'll we'll get going God, I ask for your mercy um, because I'm not um, worthy of carrying your message. But I thank you that at the same time that I'm unworthy, I have to, that I'm compelled to. And I thank you that even in my imperfection, you can move and you can work. So I pray that um, we would just be open up to what you have to say today. And we pray that you bless our, our time together in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I'm going to share with you guys one of my favorite stories, um, in the gospels. Chapter 14. At about this time, Herod, the regional ruler, heard about what was being said about Jesus. He said to his servants, this has to be John the baptizer come back from the dead. That's why he's able to work miracles. Herod had arrested John, put him in chains, and sent him to prison to placate Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. John had provoked Herod by naming his relationship with Herodias adultery. Herod wanted to kill him, but he was afraid because so many people revered John as a prophet, a prophet of God. But at his birthday celebration, he got his chance. Herodias' daughter provided the entertainment dancing for the guests. She swept Herod away. In his drunken enthusiasm, he promised her an oath anything she wanted, already coached by her mother, she was ready. Give me served up on a platter, the head of John the baptizer that sobered the king up really fast, unwilling to lose face with his guests. He did it ordered John's head cut off and presented to the girl pretended to the girl on, on a platter. She in turn gave it to her mother. Later, John's disciples got the body, gave a reverent burial, and reported to Jesus. And when Jesus got the news, he slipped away by boat to an out-of-the-way place by himself. But unsuccessfully, someone saw him, and the word got around. Soon, a lot of people from nearby villages walked around the lake to see where he was. When When he saw them coming, he was overcome with pity and healed their sick. Toward the evening, the disciples approached him. We're out in the country and it's getting late. Dismiss the people so they can go to their villages and get some food. But Jesus said, there's no need to dismiss them. You give them food. All we have are five loaves of bread and two fish, they said. Jesus said, bring them here. Then he had the people sit on the grass. He took the five loaves and the two fish, lifted his face to heaven in prayer, blessed and broke, and gave bread to the disciples. The disciples then gave the food... Uh, gave the food to the people. They all ate their fill and they gathered 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 were fed. Why do I love that story? Do I love that story because um, Jesus had a G.I. Joe lunchbox and fed 5,000 people out of it? That's pretty cool. But I think the coolest part about this is that I believe that this really captures... Jesus his humanity and also his compassion and his divinity. Because sometimes we we think Jesus didn't have feelings. If you guys don't know, if you guys don't remember, John and Jesus were cousins. And if you guys can imagine if your cousin got beheaded and you love that cousin, it would be different if your cousin passed away from cancer or something because that's natural. But for somebody to take life away from that person, you would just be ruined. And I love what the passage says that when Jesus got the news, he tried to slip away in a boat to be alone. And for me, I think of wanting to be alone when you're when you're sad. Like when you're grieving. I don't know if you've ever had a loved one pass away, but when somebody passes away, you don't want anyone to touch you. You don't want you just you don't want to be talking to anyone. You just wanna be alone. Especially somebody that's high profile, like Jesus. I think about um do you guys read the tabloids like in the supermarket stands when you guys go through and you always read like you know Nicole Richie's going through anorexia, or like you read, like some so and so is pregnant, or like when Angelina Jolie's mom died, she was absolutely grief-struck. And, and the only thing I remember from that is the one time all these all these photographers and stuff were outside of their apartment, and Brad Pitt comes out and he's all angry and he's all upset that that they aren't giving Angelina and her her family time to grieve, because you see, this is the exactly what Jesus is going through. Because Jesus is high profile. You hear all these, these stories. Jesus was famous. When John dies, he, all he wants to do is get away. But somebody finds out and they say, we need something. I mean, could you guys imagine just being so grief stricken that all you want to do is to be alone. All you want to do is to grieve. But then somebody comes and they demand something of you. They want something more of you. They want more. And I love that even in his, even in his absolute state of just being so grieved by this, he was overcome with pity and he continued to heal their sick. I love this because when you guys think of discipleship, when you guys think about following Jesus, it's it's not, A part of who you are. It's not like a segment. You don't go from school mode to discipleship mode to family mode to relationship mode. All those things happen together at the same time. Following Jesus is not a segment of your lifestyle, it is your lifestyle. When you're sad, when you're grieving, you are called to be a follower of Christ still. When you're upset and you are angry, you are still called to be a follower of Jesus. When you're happy or whatever, you are still called to be a follower of Jesus because discipleship happens in real time. It happens in real life. You can't separate it from who you are because it is who you are. And this is so relevant, um, especially to our trip to Philadelphia Because there are going to be days when we're going to be tired. Because you know what? When we wake up at 7 a.m., that's like 4 a.m. our time. And you know what? When we're hungry and we're feeling like you don't want to do this anymore, and when when things are going on in your life, little kids are still going to want to hang out with you. And when you feel like it's so hot and you don't want to go on anymore, and you're like, you just want to just go by yourself and be alone for a while guess what somebody's gonna be tugging on your pant leg and you're gonna look down and it's gonna be this little philadelphian kid and he's gonna look at you and he's gonna be like with his you know big eyes and he's gonna be like "Mm," you know and all of a sudden you're like kid there's nothing left for me to give and yet you remember that jesus still has pity and he heals their sick and you know what guys the times when you guys are the most tired are the times when you see god move the most The days when I feel like I don't want to come to church anymore. The days when I feel like I don't want to be a pastor anymore. Which is today. I got up this morning and I said, I don't want to be a pastor anymore and I don't feel like coming to church. And I had to get down on my knees and say, God, I have nothing left to give. But you have to do something for me. You have to do it then. I can only do it by your mercy. And guess what? Those are the times when God moves the most. Is when I get up and say, I can't do it anymore, God says, that's exactly the point. You can't do it anymore, but I can. And that is when you see God move the most. If you ever wonder, how come God doesn't move? Wait till you get to the point where you feel like you're going to break, to the point where you feel like you're going to collapse, and all you can do is look up, and you're going to see amazing things done through you. And guess what? Next week, when you get your strength back, you're going to forget. That, that even happened, because it happens to me all the time. And you're going to go through this process over and over and over again for the rest of your life. And that is awesome. The other thing that I think is really interesting about this passage, if you guys remember my sermon, a lot of times we wait for God to move. We say, God, the people are starving. God, our team for Philadelphia doesn't have money. How many times does God say, no, you feed them? You feed them. No, 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 no. You do it. And you're not alone because I'm going to do it for you. And I love that Jesus then takes the bread and he takes the fish. He takes the GI Joe lunchbox and he gives thanks. And all of a sudden he feeds a thousand people. That is the cool part about faith. Faith. So, if you guys are ever curious about what Christianity is all about, what is following Jesus all about? It's about keep on keeping on a lot of times. It's about realizing that you don't have the strength to do it yourself. It's about dying to yourself. It's also about God being with you and also about God going through you. Can I save somebody's soul? Can I save your soul? No, I can't at all. I can be a coach. But this is something that's really cool. And I hope that you guys get a chance to experience this in Philadelphia. Of being tired. Of being, I don't want to do this anymore. Of being grumpy. But in those times that you guys feel like that, can you guys remember one thing for me? I want you guys to remember when he saw them. When Jesus saw them. He had compassion on them. And he pitied them and healed their sick. And when you feel like, God, how come you don't do anything about this situation? When you talk to the people of Philadelphia and they're like, our house, our government housing just got shut down. Or I can't afford to, to feed my baby. God, how come you don't do anything about this? He's going to say, you do something about it. And that's pretty sweet because God works through you. Let's pray. God, I love everyone in this room. And I pray, God, that people, that even me, that all of us in this room would experience what it means to have nothing, to feel like we have nothing left to give, but to see you move through it. God, may you teach us what discipleship is all about. God, may you remind us that following you isn't something that we do from 3 o'clock to 4 o'clock, from 5 o'clock to 6 o'clock. But that following you is a lifestyle. That it's everything. It's not a segment. It is. God, will you just reaffirm your love in each and every single one of these students? And I pray your blessing um, over all of them, over everyone who's going to Philadelphia, and over everyone who isn't going to Philadelphia. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.